Came through trippin', Came through trippin', Diamonds on my wrist, they trippin'. Came through trippin', Came through trippin', Came through trippin', Diamonds on my wrist, they trippin'. Came through trippin', Came through trippin', Came through trippin', Diamonds on my wrist, they trippin'. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the In Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Ball, the Keeper of the Peace, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my partners in crime, my brothers from other mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and gentlemen, tonight, episode 21, titled Blocking the Plate and Learning to Rake. In a few minutes, we're going to bring on stud catcher at Itawamba Community College, Connor Gardner. But before we bring Connor to the plate, let's talk about the weekend that was. Jim, my man, how was the weekend, bro? Man, really, honestly, you know, usually I got something fascinating to tell. I really don't. So I'm just going to use Monday since we did a Wednesday recording and say that my daughter's first soccer game of the season took place Monday night out at Mike Rose. And this team, it's the same team as last year, but they got new coaches. And if you want to tell me coaching doesn't matter, um, last year's first game of the season, we lost 4-1 against a similar team. We won 8 to nothing. The ball movement was flawless. They were communicating well, and it just it looked like a well-oiled machine. And so, therefore, I am super excited for this season. But other than that, I watched the Rockets lose, of course, and that's about it. Yeah, we're going to hold off on that Rockets talk. I want to I wanna... – talk to you about that because I know tonight's a big night for you and I think you might be sweating a little bit uh later on in the show so just hold on to that but Randy my man you've been talking about how busy you were did you at least get a chance this weekend to relax and enjoy the fam did and DB I want to shout out to you man and I don't know if your ears are burning but I was cussing the shit out of you this weekend man I'm gonna be honest with you because you know I've been on this walking jogging running train for two and a half weeks now and this weekend I got up it was Saturday morning and it was like I walked outside it was like look I could sleep in no 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 I gotta get out. I gotta grind right bro it was so hot it was so hot I was sweating I mean I didn't even get out of my driveway I'm sweating but I got it in did about a mile and a half in the morning then we went to the zoo bro it was so hot I mean even that damn the look the lions was chilling I mean when they're not even moving why I'm moving but got in like 25,000 steps on Saturday, ran again Sunday, again yesterday, today again, man. Look, I'm thinking about you the whole time, but it ain't all positive thoughts. I'm going to be real with you. Randy, 25,000, bro. I'm not even going to lie to you. I got the app. I think my best day is like 18,000. So, man, shout out, bro. No, man. Look, that that makes me proud. And, and if it takes you being mad at me the whole time just to get you out there, man, then, then so be it. Just be mad at I'm me. I'm intrinsically motivated. Hey, that's that's what it's gotta that's what's gonna happen, man. I will I wake up at four thirty, ready to grind in the weight room, man, and and that's because I'm intrinsically motivated. You know who taught me that, Randy? I Miss think you Knight. know. Yeah, shout out Miss Knight, man. I tell you what, back in kindergarten, she she paved the way for us intrinsically motivated folks. Shout out. But guys, um, I had a pretty solid weekend. I had a chance. Um, uh, my wife was out of town doing some some work stuff, and I actually had a chance to just get some daddy-daughter time, man. It was really nice. We introduced her into the world of fantasy football, so she got to experience her first fantasy football draft. So 
It's pretty cool. Pretty good stuff. I was proud. Uh, just kind of a low key weekend, you know, ate some pizza, did some dude stuff and, you know, just relax. So it was overall a great time, but enough of that shiz nizzle. Let's move on to the biggest podcast interview this week, Mr. Connor Gardner. Connor, my man, you are a future, hopefully future pro pro prospect. I've seen, I've seen some film. I've seen the swing, man. It looks good. You're a stud catcher at Itawamba Community College, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us, dude. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, I want to jump right in. I want to talk about, you know, we've had a lot of, a lot of guests come on and they, they all say the same thing, man. I'm hoping to get a different story from you in regards to baseball and a passion when it started, all these guys seem to have like one common thing, like their, their family played, uh, their brothers played. So they started playing. Talk to me about like, when did you start playing? So uh, I started playing baseball when I was like four or five, just regular T-ball and stuff like that. But uh, my bigger passion when I was younger was hockey because my dad, uh, used to play hockey and everything and my grandfather used to play too so I liked hockey better when I was like a kid and everything I always thought it was cool to just go out there and play and hit people and stuff and uh baseball came around just uh I just really wanted to go into baseball when I moved here to Mississippi when I was in fifth grade and uh I heard about all the baseball uh programs here and everything and all I got told was I have talent and everything like that and so I just stuck with baseball and just kept on rolling with it. And my dad was like, that's fine. You do whatever you want to do. He said, I'll be here with you. And I'd be like, yes, sir. And just been playing baseball ever since. Gosh, well, well, let's talk about the family. So you're from a hockey family and you ended up now playing baseball and you're at the next level playing baseball and what was it about baseball that drew you to that and not hockey? Uh, I think it was more of the relationship I got with uh, baseball without hockey. Um, I got more of a team relationship, just all the guys and everything, because um, down in Mississippi, you don't hear much too about hockey and everything. And so I didn't know many people. And I had to play in Huntsville. And so whenever I played over there, I didn't know any of the guys because all of them lived in Huntsville. And uh, in baseball, I lived right beside Snowden Grove Park. And all of my buddies were about five miles radius and everything. And I would just hang out with them and just got to start loving it and everything. Would work hard with them and everything like that. And just start getting in love with it. And now I'm here playing college baseball. Man, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, that's a little bit different than what we've heard. I mean, we, we haven't had, you know, guys come on and be be like, hey, you know, my family was big athletes in this sport, but I chose a different route. It's always been, oh, you know, they were good athletes growing up. They were baseball players, and now I'm a baseball player, you know, because my brother played or, or – you know, my dad played or my grandpa played, so they pushed me into playing. Was was there ever any pressure to to play hockey over baseball, or was it always something where you got to choose whatever sport that you felt like you were best at? Uh, I would I would say I got pressure a little bit to play hockey just because my uh, grandfather played in the NHL, and so did my dad, and so did my uncle, and uh, 
so I always got told, you know, hockey's in the blood and everything like that, and you got to go do it and everything. But um, my dad, he, he just told me, he said, I understand that if you like baseball more than hockey, you do whatever, you chase your dream. And uh, I just started liking baseball more, and he just said that's fine and just stuck with me there and just stuck with baseball. So did you ever step foot on the ice and play any hockey, or was it always you just started baseball and stayed baseball? Yeah, so uh, I played hockey. I started going on the ice when I was a kid. First time skating was when I was two years old. And I played hockey all the way up to 14 years old. And I quit because I had to uh, choose between baseball and hockey because you had fall ball with baseball, and it just wasn't going to work out. And so I cho chose baseball when I was 14, and my dad coached in Europe uh, all the way up till my junior year of uh, high school. And I would go over there and practice with them and stuff, but I was a little rusty and I couldn't do as much, but um, I basically got rid of hockey when I was 14, but I played basically up till 16, 17 years old. Wow, that's, that's impressive, man. I mean, it just – that's late in the game to, to pick it up. And plus, not only did you decide that you wanted to go from hockey to baseball, but you decided you wanted to do, in, in my opinion, one of the toughest positions there are to learn and be really good at, which is catching. Um, so why, why was it the catching position? What, what drove you to, to want to be a catcher? Uh, when I was younger, I would, I would play a third and first and I would pitch some and, when I was 10 years old, I played for the DeSoto Cardinals uh, on the year, the age difference below Dylan Hale. And uh, I just got into a game before, and I was like, oh, it's pretty cool. So I asked my coach, I was like, hey, can I catch one time? And he was like, sure. And I started just catching, and I just started love just controlling the game and deciding what to pitch and – just be back behind the plate and just uh, control the game. Like I said, I mean, that's my best thing could ever happen in baseball is just control the game. And that's what I get to do. And that's what came to me and just love throwing people out, blocking up balls because playing hockey, I always get hit around a little bit. So, I mean, blocking balls wasn't too much to me at all. So uh, I just started loving catching and have been to this day. So, what was was there a time period when you played hockey that you were a goalie? Yeah, everyone asked me that if I ever played goalie. I never played goalie. Man. Um, yeah, you... I, had, I had too strong of a shot, is what my dad said, to play goalie. <laughs> so, I, I, I did it. I was like, all right, that's fine. But I always, got, I always wanted to try goalie out just to see if it would be the same as catching or something like that. But – um. I've never strapped on the pads and everything to go and play goalie. So uh, you, you're versed enough in hockey to know the difference. Like, is there a, a, a significant difference in being able to be a goalie and a catcher? Yes, there's a big difference. Um, you know, catching, you know what's coming and everything. You get to tell them what to throw and – I mean, it's still going to come at you 90 miles per hour from a college pitcher and everything, and you got to react quick. But um, as a goalie, you've got different bodies in front of you. They can screen you. They can uh, shoot wherever. 
And it's, instead of just catching in uh, baseball, just your glove, you got to block with all your body, with all your pads and uh, a blocker on your uh, right arm or left arm, whichever side you catch on. But um, you got to realize that people can shoot the puck up to 100 miles per hour from any distance. So uh, they can go 100 miles per hour in like 20 feet distance. And I know it don't feel too good to get hit by a hockey puck. So, yeah, it, I think it's a big difference between catching and goalie. You talked about this lineage of, of, of family and athletics. And, and are you the best athlete in your family? No, I can say that. I, I wish I can say yes, but um, my dad is probably one of the best athletes I've ever met. He uh, played a while in the NHL and, he coached and everything like that. And he played baseball when he was younger too, like I am. Um, but he got drafted in the first round out of high school, which you don't hear too often in hockey. And um, he got drafted by uh, Pittsburgh. And um, he just stayed in the NHL for, I believe, about eight or nine years. And then uh, went to coaching, and he's been coaching ever since. And he's – right now he doesn't look in the best shape as he did probably back then. But, I mean, I know he's the best athlete I've ever met, and he's just been going to it and still does the bike and stuff at 50, uh, 54 years old – or 64 years old. And he still goes and runs and does all sorts of stuff. So, Can he still get on, on the ice? Oh, yeah. He – he can go on the, on the ice and everything. He he doesn't go and try to skate fast and everything like that. But, I mean, he can still go on the ice and shoot the puck pretty good and stuff like that, yeah. Connor, before we move on to uh, your high school career, I do have a question because I was looking up your dad and checking out his career. Not only did I see that he played, like, for five different teams, but you talked about he coached. Um, he coached – did he coach over in Europe? Did I read that correctly? Yes, he did. Uh in, did you get to spend some time over there? I did. I did. He, uh, I went over – he coached in uh, Russia, Netherlands, uh, Germany. Um, he coached in Scotland once. But um, I got to go over in Netherlands and Germany during uh, Christmas break. Uh, when I got out of school, we would take a flight over there and get to spend uh, three, four weeks with him uh, – and, I mean, it's, it was just awesome just to be in a different country and get to see my dad and play hockey. I mean, it was awesome. I mean, is it is it better than Northwest Mississippi, brother? You ain't even got to answer. I don't, even have to, I don't have to answer that question for you. All right, so with that, for the people who don't know, who did you play uh, high school ball for? I played for uh, DeSoto Central High School. All right, and so since people have listened to our previous episodes – Alex Frillman came on here and he said he had to transition to first base because catcher was not available. Would you say that's because of you? I I would I would say it was because of me, but you know, Alex was a great catcher and all, but I mean, I know that I had a better arm and talent at catcher and everything like that. So yeah, he kind of transferred to first because of me. Yeah, you know you know how we are. We like to stir stuff up on the show. So we, we're going to mess with Alex a little bit since he brought that up. He left the door open for that. So what was it like, uh, expectation level, to play for a school that, you know, you're coming in and, I mean, they're just known for winning? 
Yeah, so I made the team on my uh, eighth grade year, and that's when uh, Austin Riley and Dallas Wolfolk and all them were seniors, and uh, they won state um, that year. And, you know, it was a lot of expectations there to come in when you play for a great program like DeSoto Central. Um, do you feel like the team that you were a part of that won two state championships, do you feel like that team was better than that team that y'all came in after that 2015 state championship team? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, we had great talent, and uh, I know that we had uh, nine guys that could swing the bat and play great defense, and we had pitchers that could do that too. But, um, you know, it's kind of tough to uh, – say if you're better than a team that had a lot a lot of D1 guys and I know you can't say much but um we all kind of went all the star lineup went to JUCO but JUCO is still great too and all but I mean we had Cameron James, Hunter French went to Mississippi State, Kate Smith went to State, Blaze Jordan that's now with the Red Sox but um I would say that we had we would have a chance against them if we had to play against them when they were in high school but, you know, it's it's tough to say that we were better than them because they just had just a phenomenal year. Yeah, I love it. You know, you're paying homage to the team before you – the rest of your teammates didn't handle that question the same way. They uh, they said not only would they beat them, but they'd ready to lace them up right now, which, you know, they kind of got an advantage on that. Y'all are younger cats, so I would assume that y'all would have a, a major advantage. But with that, between all those teams and anything that you know about D.C., players you've heard about, you've seen about – who would you say is the is the best DC player that that you know of ever? Just in your opinion, I would have to say Austin Riley is probably the best DC player that I've seen and play. You know, Austin he just goes back to him as he's younger. You know, he was just a big guy when he was younger and would uh, hit the ball far. I mean, Blaze Jordan is also up there with that conversation, but um, Austin's just very athletic. Gets can play any position, can hit the ball, can in high school he pitched. He was 92, 93 when he was pitching. I mean, he was probably the, one of the best DC or the best DC player at uh play baseball there. Yeah, and I think one of the coolest things is watching the way that y'all support him. Were were all y'all Braves fans beforehand or did y'all all become Braves <laughs> fans because of him? So uh I was a Braves fan at the time. Um, my dad knew the uh, manager for the Braves that was that was Freddie Gonzalez, but um, I was fans or fans with the Braves and everything. But um, when they got Austin, I was like, "Well, that's even better. That's even more why I like the Braves and everything." But uh, I've I've been uh, love the Braves ever since, but don't really like them much right now because Freddie's not there. But I mean. Austin's there, so it's all good. So, Con, that's enough talking about everybody else, man. Let's talk about you for a minute. So, take me back to your senior year at D.C. Who was – what colleges were recruiting you? I know, obviously, you ended up at Itawamba, but who else was talking to you? Yeah, so, um, Itawamba was my main choice, but um, I never had more JUCOs uh, talk to me at all. I had um, – Arkansas State was uh, – looking at me a little bit it was between me and him me and another catcher from Arkansas uh but besides that Itawamba was the only one I got just to uh show interest basically so you said that they were your number one choice why is that uh Itawamba I mean 
I got here and uh, Coach Collier, Coach Rick Collier, he um he got me on my visit and it just felt like home. He felt like a guy I could go to, and he felt like another dad I could have. And um, he was just a great guy and a great campus faculty. And knowing the history of Itawamba baseball, I mean, a lot of guys came out through here, go D1, MLB type deal, and I just knew it was a great place to play. Yeah, you uh, obviously great stepping stone, but uh, you talked a little bit about D1. So you have four-year school plans, D1? Yeah, I'm, I'll try to go to a four-year school, but um, no school has really looked at me yet. But, you know, with all this coronavirus deal, I mean, it's hard to go to a four-year with a lot of guys coming back and guys coming in. You know, I want to go play at a four-year, and I hope I do. It just matters with which ones. Yeah, and I guess they, everybody's keeping their eligibility, even if they do play now with all the weird stuff going on. But so if if you get to pick any school you could go to, who's your top school? Or give me your top three. We don't want to single out one. Three. Well, I always I always got to say Ole Miss has probably been my number one. I always – when I was younger, I uh, loved to go to Ole Miss game, but I never got the chance to because of playing hockey and baseball. I never really – got to go and watch a game but um always saw videos of Ole Miss and I just great facility and fans uh coach Bianca he's there and I mean I would just love to go play at Ole Miss um Mississippi State also to go play there with uh Cameron if he was there you know just bring back the Soto Central days and Cade Smith when he's there but um would love to go play at Mississippi State too I don't know about a third one. I think I would love to go play at LSU. I feel like LSU would be just a great place to play at and everything and just great history of uh, baseball there and fans, fan base. And they always go to regional or super regional every year. So I would think that LSU would be my number three. I will be his largest fan, Randy. Yeah, I think he's pan- he's pandering to the, to one of the hosts. Here. Yeah, I think a couple oh. years ago their their pitcher really had me when he said, "Uh, you know, I just hit dingers, coach." Yeah, <laughs> he didn't even he didn't even bat. I loved it though. So uh, obviously, you know, I, I was never good enough to even play high school baseball because well, we'll talk about that another time. But um, you know, you're you're in college now playing. You have any dreams? Obviously, you do. But what do you think the realistic? You know, what are your goals on playing pro ball? Yeah, uh, pro ball, I mean, I would love to go play a pro ball and everything, but, you know, it's hard to make it in the MLB and uh, just to get drafted in general, it's hard. I mean, you got a lot of colleges and a lot of high school guys that are very talented and you just got to work at it, get in the weight room, get in the facilities and hit and catch and everything. I mean, I'm going to try to, but, you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. This guy's plan, he's got a plan for me, so, I mean, if it don't happen, it don't happen. No, absolutely. So, you, obviously, you come from a, a high school with a ton of success, but let's talk about the transition just from high school to college, and what was the hardest part of that for you? Yeah, so switching to college, you know, you got to think just uh, it's college. I mean, it's just a different step in baseball. I mean, uh, going to DeSoto Central, I had a lot of success and a lot of great players there that um, are at D1 schools and – stuff like that. So, I mean, it's different. I mean, uh, pitching's harder for sure. I mean, uh, all the pitchers in the Matt Jack uh, or in Juco 
all of them are 90, 91, have great off speed, stuff like that, which in high school, you don't have that that much once you play really good teams. But um, probably hitting standpoint, I mean, you just got to spray the ball all the way around the field. And it's going to be hard when you have a pitcher that can throw four different pitches for a strike. So that's probably the hardest when you go to college. Yeah, so my favorite player is Yadi Molina. And one of the reasons, obviously, I'm a huge Cardinals fan, but one of the reasons is he's like having a manager on the field all the time. Uh, you know, one of the greatest to do it, in my opinion. So talk about how important is the catcher to not only the pitcher success, but to the team's success. Yeah, uh, the catcher's got to know everything in the game. Got to know every situation that might happen. And he's got to be a leader. I mean, you can't have uh, no leader on the field um, and stuff like that. But catcher's got to be uh, leading, and the coach always got to look to the catcher to see what he can do um, and just tell the infield of where they need to be on the, when this hitter and tell the pitcher he's got this, be a positive guy, and more of just a team guy in general is to be a catcher. But, I mean, catching is also still hard, but you need to be that guy to have – people just lean to you and stuff like that. And that's probably one of the most thing for catchers is to be a leader. No, I absolutely agree. I think that's why you see so many of them become managers. And obviously I think we'll see, you know, that from Yachty at some point, but uh, moving on back and talking about summer ball, did you, you get to play some summer ball? Yeah, I got to play in the uh, Cotton States league for the North Delta dealers with um, Alex Froman and Dylan Hale and, good bit buddies of mine from ICC played on that team and I got to play there for my second year um, with that team and it's, I, I just love that team I mean um, we had a great year but uh, it's a great league to play in for summer especially with corona and everything it was hard to what leagues we can play in because some canceled and stuff like that and they stayed open and it was just a great league to play in. Wait, wait, wait. Wasn't it like an, one of your Itawamba teammates that shut y'all down? <laughs> yeah, so uh, we played the um, Generals. I forget this, their city name, but uh, we played the Generals in the semifinal. And the, pitchers, the Washington Generals? No, no, not the Washington. No, no, no. I don't know. <laughs> All the Globetrotters. Anyway, my bad. Go hey, hey, before he, before he goes into answering this question, Randy, make sure he realizes we've transitioned from high school to college so he he's going to be going against what Dylan and Frill said versus his college <laughs> teammates. All right, that's important right here when you answer this question. Yes. Yeah, they, so – Go ahead. Yeah, so um, Brady Davis was the pitcher's name. Uh, he's at Itawama now. He came from uh, Hamilton High School in Mississippi, and uh, he shut us down for a good bit until – he started not throwing much off speed and then I had to show him what's up and hit a home run off of him. And, uh, you know, did you I, bat flip? I did not bat flip. I kind of, I hit it and I kind of looked at it and I just kind of started watching the ball. And then I stared back at Brady. Uh, Cause Brady before the game told me, he said, don't, don't hit a home run off of me. And I said, well, don't throw a high fastball. Well, then he threw a high fastball and I had to show him what's up. Yeah. You got to put it back. So, some you talked about how you know the great team you play with. So, what the summer ball? How important is summer ball? Not just to you, but just that camaraderie to keep that going, especially this year with the coronavirus. Yeah, uh, summer ball. It's, it's always hard to uh, 
stay with a sport that you love. I mean, you always want to take some time off and summer is that kind of time. But um, with Corona and everything, it's hard to go and hit at facilities that you want to hit back at the house. And uh, we built a batting cage and Alex Froman's backyard, me, Dylan, Alex Froman, and uh, Chaz Bell, we all uh, made a batting cage. We got the hit, but um, the gyms were closed for a good bit. And we just had to just make stuff at our house and get some exercise bands, stuff like that. But um, the summer uh, of baseball is just a great place to just show off your skill, just get better as you can. You know, summer is probably the, one of the main places to get looked at by a four-year uh, MLB type team or something like that. So summer ball is a great place to uh, get looked at and stuff like that. Yeah, I went out there for just a couple games, obviously. I wish I would have known about it beforehand, but the talent from all the different schools, the competitive nature, you wouldn't have known it was just a summer ball league, the way that y'all were out there competing and competing hard, and it felt like y'all were definitely um, getting some good reps in, so no doubt. And, you know, it's funny, we talk about the transition from, you know, high school to college, or we're even talking about summer ball. Connor, my, my son came with me to both games, and he didn't even realize it. When we went to D.C. games, you were his favorite player, naturally, because he's a catcher. And you may not even remember this, but after one game, he came up and talked to you, and it, and it made me know your character right off the top because you held a whole conversation with him, and it wasn't because you knew me or anything else and, uh, and talked to him about catchers, so that was cool. And so then when we were at the game and I let him know that you were that same guy, all of a sudden Dylan was not his favorite player anymore. It was you because you're the catcher, so you're, you're the you're the man to him. So uh, yeah, we got to go see some games, and you had an eight year old cheering for you in the crowd, and then you you hit a home run, which he happened to be recording on his iPad. So that was all good stuff. I do got a question though on the. I want to go back to hockey just for a second. Um, with with you first, right off the top, you said you had a shot, and you know Daniel likes to ask what what uh, these athletes were like that we have on here when they were kids. Were you like Fulton Reed from Mighty Ducks? <laughs> uh, That's what I imagine. You said you had a shot. Part of the Bash Brothers. I, I could I could shoot the puck pretty good. Um, I had the uh, when I was twelve when I was playing. I had the shortest hardest shot in the league. Uh, um, in the southeastern league throughout Georgia and all that. So, I mean, I had a pretty good shot, but um, I mean, I just knew how to hit the ball hard and just transfer that to hockey and just kind of worked out like that. Gotcha. And, and so with that, like, is, is, you know, I, I like asking these hockey questions cause I, I'm getting new to it. I'm getting into it. So your dad was, I mean, was that his MO or was he a defensive player? What did he, what did he do? Yeah. So my dad played a uh, center and uh, basically in hockey, it's basically like if you transfer to like soccer, it means a striker basically. Gotcha. And, um, you know, uh, he knew how to shoot the puck too, and uh, I played center when I was a uh, um, when I was a kid, and just started to love to just shoot the puck and everything. And with my big body, everyone's like, "You didn't play goalie or defenseman, so you can hit people and all that stuff." But um, I, I hit people when I was a center too, but uh, I was just more for just the goals and stuff like that. I gotcha, and then. I may have heard this wrong. Did, did I hear that, you know, your grandfather or somebody else um, played as well? Yeah, my uh, grandfather played um, back in 1950s, 
1950s, he played for Toronto Maple Leafs, and he won two Stanley Cups for them. Wow. And uh, my uncle also played for just a year. He got to play in the NHL. But, um, yeah, I have a lot a lot of history with hockey and everything throughout my family, and, and I'm blessed to have it. All right, so, the, so tying this all back around, because you're a baseball player, not a hockey player, and I have been asking the hockey questions. With their success in hockey – do you feel motivated and driven to try to um, because of what they did in hockey to try to do the same thing in baseball? And with that, do they kind of put a little pressure on you expectation wise? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I always want to just go and play in MLB just to be a third generation type uh, to go play in a a pro sport. And um, my dad kind of, you know, expectations. I mean, uh, he pushes me, but that's what parents do, push you to make your make your goals and stuff. And my grandfather, I never got to meet him when I was younger. He uh, passed away when I was three months old. But he always tells me that my grandfather would also be the same thing and be my biggest fan on the field or wherever I was at. And uh, they push me to get better and stronger every day and wish I can be a third generation in a pro sport. Well, look, man, I'm just going to be real with you. We kind of talked about the family path, and it's super impressive. Um, you know, my dad loved him to death. He's a, he's, a, he's a tugboat operator, so, I mean, I didn't, I didn't have that. So, look, uh, on a knowledge level, though, man, I, you know, hockey, you talked about it. Um, I live in Tennessee, not Mississippi. I want to make that very clear. But, uh, you know, it's still not huge here, though. I played some, like, roller hockey, right? I don't know if you remember the Mall of Memphis. You're way too young, but we played ice hockey there. But on a knowledge level, I know nothing, man. So, tell me – a couple things that, that I could need to know that I could talk and you know educational intellectually about hockey to some other dumbasses in my office that don't know about it. What would captivate somebody to watch hockey again? I think more a lot of people in the South is that they like the fights. I think that's what yeah, everyone, everyone everyone loves the fights, and uh, I think if you get into hockey, you kind of realize that the fights happen just because everyone won just wants to win so bad it's so competitive in hockey because you get the right to hit someone and so if someone's mess like pissing you off or something you get to hit them jack them up jack them up so i think a lot of that is uh everyone just loves the fights and hits and everything like that but you know hockey just goes all the way back to the past just scoring goals and being with your team just kind of with baseball scoring runs and being with your team is just kind of the same thing just in the different atmosphere and stuff hockey atmosphere is completely different to baseball atmosphere it's in a cold rink so everyone dresses up in sweatshirts and stuff like that and just everyone's rowdy no matter what the time is you could be on defense and everyone's cheering and offense everyone's cheering it's crazy no i agree i've been to some pro hockey game it's just it's so intense man watching it live it was was captivating it's just watching it on tv i used to be a big hockey fan when i was younger and then the, the lockout, and I got older and I just, you know, kind of lost it. But I've been watching a little bit lately. You know, DB's been getting us back in the game. So, uh, talking about these current NHL playoffs, man, who's your favorite team right now? Right now, I got to go with the Tampa Bay Lightning oh. because uh, my two favorite teams were Pittsburgh and Toronto that were in there. But um, just because my dad played for them, and I love the guys that play for them in there, but they both got uh, beat out, and I kind of was just thinking, I was like, who should I go for? Well, Tampa Bay has just been 
unreal lately. They got a lot of great players and everything like that, and I feel like they got a chance to win the uh, Stanley Cup. Okay, well. Good answer. Yeah, well, it's it's Good an okay answer. answer He's Connor, really catering to the uh, the host here. Yeah. So <laughs> so listen, listen, listen. A team outside of Tampa Bay. Who's a team that you know our listeners should look out for outside of them? You know, they're they're all great teams and all, but I mean, I think another big team is Colorado Avalanche. Uh, they got a very young, skillful team that can play when they play together they're dangerous but um since they're young i mean a lot of young guys and everything they just care about what they do to themselves and everything like that so if they can get as a team i think they'll have a chance to win it too hey randy with that i I checked just because i knew they were playing the avalanche are winning three to one looking with only eight minutes left so looking like they'll be forcing a game seven so if you know, for what Connor's saying, maybe we should check out that game seven if it happens, brother. Yeah, so is that your, so that's your prediction? We go in Tampa Bay, Colorado in the in the finals? I think that's gonna be I think it's gonna be Colorado and Tampa Bay. I I do believe, and I think it's gonna be a very, very close series, probably to game seven too. Who you taking? Tampa Bay? I'm gonna go Tampa Bay because they have a lot more uh a lot more veterans that know a lot more about the Stanley Cup and everything like that. Don't don't let Steven Stamkos hit that ice either. <laughs> Look, hey, you need to – Randy, you didn't give a shout-out to any of his teams. You went with the Lightning for Daniel. You went with LSU for me. Like, tell me you like the Volunteers or the Cardinals or the Colts. Get, man, give my, give my boy something. No, no, no. He, look, when I talked about Yachty, he didn't – he wasn't even like, yeah, he's a great player. I mean, he didn't go nothing, <laughs> man. I like, I like Yachty, but, I mean – my favorite player is Brian McCann because I got to meet him before, and uh, he's just a great guy and everything. So, Brian McCann's probably my favorite player. I mean, I love Yachty. Tennessee, I don't know a bunch about Tennessee. Not going to lie to you. They haven't really got much at all the past few years. So, I mean. Hey, they got your boy Kyle Booker out there now, though. They do baseball. have Kyle Booker out there. but um, And he'll be running up with them this year. But besides that, I don't know too much about the Volunteers. All hey. good, brother. All good. I'm on an island over here, like Jim with Russell Westbrook. <laughs> All right, Connor, man, we're gonna we're gonna end our our time together with a little game that we call this or that. You ready to play? Yes, sir. All right. So it's very simple. There's gonna you're gonna get two options. You choose one of the two options. The only rules are you can't say both and you can't say neither. Got it. Got it. All right. So, hockey or baseball? Baseball. Would you rather hit bombs or throw every runner that steals out? Ooh, that's a hard one. Um, I think I'm going to go with throw a runner every time they try to steal because that's what I love the most. I think that's the right answer, man. Like, you – I think you can you can definitely help your team by hitting bombs, but because there's other players that can help contribute to that, you, you don't necessarily have to hit bombs. But I think as a catcher, if you can throw every runner out, like you're making the pitcher's job a little bit easier. So Yachty. 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 That's true. Yachty does do that. Would you rather go back in the past or fast forward to the future? Probably go back to the past. Why? 
I, I honestly just miss just being young and uh, not worry about it really much and um, go back and play in hockey. I mean, just talking about it, I really just want to go back and play and everything like that and uh, go back in the past, back to high school, back to the good old days, back with my buddies and stuff like that. So, I mean, I think the past would probably be where I want to be. I got you. Would you rather have really good looks with no personality or would you rather have a great personality and just look busted? Oh, for sure. A great personality and look busted. Ooh. Ooh. Oh no, no. Oh, for sure. No, no, no. We're not going to go with that. <laughs> that's, that's like the money question that always comes up. I, that, these kids are answering <laughs> these questions wrong. Man. All right. Not everybody gets to have both like me, dog, you know? (laughs) I'm going to throw this one in there. This is off script here. Would you rather have friends or fame? Friends. You You can get fame. You can get fame or you can have fame and have friends. But I'd rather have true friends that just don't want you for your fame. Randy, tell them. Tell them. Man, fuck them friends. <laughs> go, go ahead. You can go buy your friends. Get that you fan, can go buy bro. some friends. Like, these two are two of my best friends, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm writing checks to some new ones tomorrow. <laughs> hey, but you know what? You've stayed consistent. Everybody has said friends across the board. Look, yeah, man, sure. let these cats get a little older, dog. <laughs> hey, this man said he wants to go back to when he was young. That I'm sitting there like, golly, man. What's he wants to go us? back. Hey. Can we? We're gonna talk about it in just a second. But he wants to go back to when he won two state titles. You know his team, and not. Well, I know you really won three, didn't you? You said you made no. eighth grade. He came. Yeah. No, he came, he same years Cam. Oh boy! Yeah. So you can hey, look when you talked about. Well, I don't know if we're better than them. Just gotta count the rings, baby. Right. It's true. Just count the rings. Baby. Well, hey, there might be. Hey, look, I tell you what. The way the smack talk was about uh, ICC and Northwest and all them. He's trying. They're trying to take that JUCO title this year. North he, Northwest ain't gonna do nothing. The, they're just all at, they had their chance last hey. year. I cut short and they got not going to have a chance this year either. So I asked the question specifically if Itawamba had a chance. And I'm not going to say names, but there was a guy from Northwest and there was a guy from Holmes, and they both said, Not a chance, not a chance oh, in the world. So I, I'm gonna leave it at that. And then they also said your picture wasn't I'm, very good that y'all they just said played y'all bad. made him look good, man. They said he ain't good, we made oh, yeah. him look good, yeah, look yeah, good. Yeah, just that's why they just did awful against them. <laughs> so, so that brings me to the next question what you know, they, they were talking about making a pitcher look good what is more important the pitcher or the catcher uh, i would i would say the catcher is more important because the catcher can make every make the pitcher look good but you can also put a position player that's never pitched before to pitch but you can't put a position player that's never caught to catch that's way different well, it's I, I agree with that. According to to some of our guests, hitters can make pitchers look really good too. So that is going to let you, let Especially you know that. No one, um, no one can do that. <laughs> I didn't say any names, man. Didn't say any names, hey, but hey, hey, there right. is one more this or that question. If it ain't on your list, Daniel, you know what it is, right? 
It has oh, to I got, be a working I got two out. more. Yeah, okay, I'm making sure the workout question's there. All right, so DC before you or DC after you? Mm. I'd probably say before. Mm. I don't know. I just feel like before DC. Gotcha. I mean, that's not a bad choice. I mean, given the names yeah. that were there before you, like, that's, that's a pretty solid squad. Pretty solid squad um, before me. I mean, a lot of great guys now, I mean, uh, in my class and the class below me. But, I mean, before just all the big names and all the schools they went to, it's just a big deal. Gotcha. Would you, do you, would you rather work out with shoes or without shoes? With shoes. I'm not taking my shoes off to go work out. It's just weird. <laughs> oh, shit. They about to play yo ass in ELP. I know, dude. I'm not going to talk about ELP. They, I don't know. No, we weren't. And we weren't talking about them either. We were just talking about Dylan. Dylan wants to be like ELP, even though he doesn't go to ELP. Because <laughs> he hears all the things about it. And he's like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then he does it. But it's just weird for him to do it because he doesn't go there. So this and man got the, us the, in all sorts of trouble, and he doesn't even go there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say this. The, the, the theory behind what, what they do is, is solid. But I'll say it again. It's fucking weird to work out with no shoes on. That is true. So last question, and I'll take you off the hot seat. Frill? Or Dill? Mm. Oh. Oh. Mm -mm. I love Dill. I love them both. But I'm going to go Frill. Oh, man. I have That's more of a connection with Frill. And Frill is more, I don't know, Frill is more uh, just a, I don't want to say better hitter. But Dylan, Dylan has a lot more. What well, he said, he was the better hitter. Yeah, Dylan. <laughs> yeah, I need to say that. But um, I would say Frill's a better overall hitter. I feel like Frill has a lot more chance, and and Frill's probably Frill's definitely a better pitcher than Dylan too. Gotcha. I mean, I was hey, I was really surprised by that because I didn't know he could pitch like that, and when he came in and pitched for y'all, he was dealing. Yeah, he um he didn't pitch at all in high school and uh which was surprising to everyone because they found out uh he was uh just a catcher and first baseman when he went to Holmes and they switched him to pitching. And every time he they switched him, he uh was up to eighty eight, eighty nine with a good breaking ball and he was just nasty throughout the summer when I got to catch him, so he's a great pitcher. Look, guys, I got to give y'all a live update. Cameron James is already clowning Dylan in the group text because I told him Connor's response. So, once again, Dylan is getting getting messed with. Dylan, man. He cut his oh hair, Daniel. That's why. If he didn't cut his hair I, off. I told him. Oh I told him that from the get-go. I, I told him that from the jump. I said, man, you, you took away the one big thing you had going for you. So, well. He cut the hair and messed it up. Yeah, man. 
Connor, dude, is there anything you want to plug or promote? Anything about Itawamba, the season that's coming up? Anything you want people to know? Just just watch out for ICC. I mean, we got loads of guys that are ready to play, and I know for sure we're about to get some wins and everything, about to win another state title. Man, go get it, man. We know you're busy, man, balancing the school, balancing baseball, and just doing those things that college kids do. So we're going to let you roll. We want to thank you, and we look forward to hopefully a state championship um, at Itawamba this year, man. Um, so take care and let us know how we can help you in the future, buddy. Yes, sir, for sure. I appreciate you all. You all have a good night. You too. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Connor Gardner. Coming up after the break, we got your headlines. All right, welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. It's time for headlines. Leading off tonight, we got NCAA football. Guys, we got some college football kicking off um, tomorrow, Thursday night. And no teams of relevance on Thursday, but we do have the Memphis Tigers kicking off on Saturday. They are the primetime game. Randy, are we excited for college football or are we kind of got like some mute excitement because it's not everybody no 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 we're excited when that liberty bowl memorial stadium is rocking with 4800 fans we are gonna feel it we're gonna feel jitters it'll be just like the smu you know game day last year it'll be i mean i'm getting i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it right now think about where we are db it wasn't that long ago arkansas state was a rivalry now we're 19 and a half point favorites. They're coming to our house to get the shit kicked out of them. I mean, that's how far we've come. Them boys used to beat Memphis. I mean, they beat them in Tigers. They beat them at Memorial Bowl. I've seen it myself. They beat them over in uh, wherever the hell they're at, Jonesboro. And now look at them, man. We even lost the coach, lost, you know, our best player, and we're still going to whoop them boys by three, four touchdowns. Go Tigers. What, when we talk about the losses to Arkansas State, is it – I mean – wasn't that the Larry Porter days and wasn't that the Not Gus really. Malzahn days for Arkansas State? Do we? No, 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 no. Look, man, when they, they D'Angelo lost to Arkansas State, I'm pretty sure. Danny Wimpron lost to Arkansas State. Man. Arkansas State was a rivalry, man. But they did, hey, I will give you this. They had a run of great, great coaches. You got Gus Malzahn, Hugh Freeze. I mean, they had somebody else in it. I can't think of him right now, but I'll give you that. But I'm just saying the, trajectory of the Memphis Tigers is high losing probably one of your best coaches ever and now you're losing your best player and to still be favored by 20 is just a testament to how far this program has come Jim are you taking a, a, a 20 point spread no no not without, the house Kenneth, on it. not without Kenneth Gainwell I'm not Man, Coxie from the running boys. They don't need Gainwell for this. But Look. you even just said it. Your own words were best player. I know that their Memphis is still a better team and all that. I just – I don't like when your best player is all of a sudden not there. Well, here's the, here's the reality here is at this time last season, we didn't know who Kenny Gainwell was. And that's fact. fact. So, what Kenny Gainwell did is he stepped up and was big so there's there's my belief that we have plenty of athletes and it's going to be next dude up and we got too many weapons that are coming back with a veteran quarterback who who gets it like 
it's it's gonna be it's gonna be bad on on Saturday night, and it's gonna be a good start to the season for the Tigers. A good start to his first full head coaching season for Ryan Silverfield, and it's gonna be a sad night for Arkansas State. And you heard that right here on in off the bench. So you can take that check, make that bet, and make that money. But Stone Cold Lead Pipe Lock. Lead pipe, grizzly bear, Adams, whatever you want to call it, it's 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 stone. So, so Jim, talk to me about just the overall excitement in general. I know that your team and Randy's team, for that fact, doesn't get a chance to to kick off for a little bit. Is there is there like, are we waiting? Are we just going to watch who's available? Or are we just going to hold off and start watching college football when our team starts? No, I'm going to watch it in general because I'm a huge football fan. But me and Randy's team are in a whole different place. You know, when you go from winning the national championship you and you lose 14 players to the draft, you know, there's going to be a letdown. There's they're not going to be able to replicate what they did last year. And that's fine. Never expected to. But when your best player, arguably the best offensive player in the country, other than maybe Lawrence and Jamar Chase opts out, which, I mean, it's a business move. He's he's top five, maybe even top three um, in the mock draft leaves. You're, you're talking about shelving the, the defensive tackle probably – the the best returning defensive lineman easily when you're talking about losing Kerry Vincent and then now Jacoby Stevens who's who was going to be the leader of that defense overall he he was going to wear 18 he's you know which is the number they give to the basically uh, the the player voted on to basically lead the team and if he if he's not playing that's going to be the final straw for me because. I mean, we were already looking at a tough season with what we lost, but um, I don't know. I just think LSU is going to have really, really tough sledding, whereas I think Tennessee, with the recruiting class that they brought in, they're going to be on the up and up. And I think Tennessee really has a chance um, to really put some haters to rest this year, whereas LSU is going to be a punching bag because, you know, when you win, everybody loves to hate on you and – Alabama's looking to punish us, and the opportunity may be there. Well, I mean, Nick Saban never forgets. Yeah, and you're the defending national champion, so don't think for one minute that nobody else doesn't want to beat you because everyone wants to beat you. You got a huge bullseye on your back. Well, we don't got to worry about losing to Troy this year, so – Hey, I mean that that's what that's what turned it around for you. I mean that loss was was big. So. Randy, do you want to tell Jim to keep your your team's name out his mouth, or you have the same sentiments about you know Tennessee being ready to take the big leap and and be a contender? No, you know, man. Shout out to Jim, man, for for giving my team some props. You know, you know, I feel like uh, we got a, a hater on the show uh, of Tennessee. You know, uh, it's okay. I, I don't hate on the Memphis Tigers. You know, go Tigers, go. I'm everything nine on one. I don't want to see LSU do the nosedive, but I think, honestly, when we're looking at it, I don't think it would have made a difference if they had those guys. If they weren't going to win the championship, it was always going to be a letdown. So I almost think this is just more of the same. Uh, you know, there's going to be a rebuild. It is what it is. Um, I don't even know if, if these guys might have done this anyway because what we're starting to see 
is these guys sit out to get ready for the draft. So they can say, oh, this year it was because of coronavirus. But we kind of already set a precedent. These guys, they, they're not going to get any higher in the draft by not playing. They're already cemented their status. Uh, so I, to go back to Tennessee, I do think uh, they got some NFL talent. That's the most important thing. And they had to sure up the lines, the D-line the D and the offensive line. They have uh, one of the very best offensive linemen in the country in Trey Smith. Uh, so he's going to shout out to him. I would imagine, if, you know, we're going to be talking about him in the NFL draft next year, first, second round. Uh, so I think they got – I've been watching a lot of these predictions, and they got them, like, winning, like, four or five games. I, I mean, I don't see it. I, I don't no, know. No, man, I'm going, I'm going seven and three for your boys, Randy. I'm calling yeah, I, I, I see that, too. You know, I, I don't know – I don't know where they're seeing this at. You know, I don't think – obviously, you got Florida and Georgia that are going to be the favorites over Tennessee when they play them, but – I mean, you're playing Florida last game of the year. I just think they're set up for Tennessee to do very well and to get some momentum going. And like Jim said, they're bringing in talented recruits. And Butch did the same thing. But I think that Jeremy Pruitt, being that football guy, they're buying into that. And he's bringing that Alabama uh, mantra with him. You know, win at all costs. Do what you got to do to win. Do the right thing every day. I'm buying in. I bought the hype, man. It's not this is our year type shit. I hate people like that. But I think we're seeing just a stand that is getting better every day. Hey, and I, I want to say this before we transition uh, off college football, Daniel and Randy. The player, because you were talking about, Randy, the guys who were going to just go ahead and get NFL ready. There was a guy who was NFL ready but decided he was going to come back to compete. And a guy that I feel bad for, and that's Travis ATN from Clemson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, man. It's, 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 that's why this – these kids getting paid is it really is such a topic, you know what I mean? It's I don't know, man. I, we could talk about that another time, but it, they they're taking all the risk for you know little yeah. rewards. Yeah, he I mean he he wanted to come back, try to get a championship, another championship with his school. He could have he could have went first, second round, you know, just being on would have fell last year, and then now here he finds himself in this situation. I mean, it, you want to alleviate this problem and pay the college athletes. I mean, yeah. that's you got to pay them something or or any, any kind of offer is intriguing to them, especially if you're putting numbers on jerseys, which is the same number they wear on the field every Saturday. So, um, I just wanted good. to bring back NCAA football, baby. That's all I, I want. I know, man. Just just br- give us the game. Like, now is the time to be bringing that shit back. Like, yeah. get it together, NCAA. I just, I just want to go back to the old one and just use Michael Vick and run around like crazy. Oh, man, you could play Madden and just do quarterback sweep. <laughs> I'm that guy that y'all hated, by the way, because that, you know, that was – we didn't really play those games together. But, guys, I was that guy that got Michael Vick and just ran around. You you look like that guy that would just do that. <laughs> I'm the guy running four seams. You ain't stopping it. <laughs> Catch me if you can. All right, let's let's transition. Let's talk about Major League Baseball. We've got the trade deadline has come and gone. Um, I know Jim and I had a conversation about the, the trade deadline today. Jim, um, I know I'm, I'm, I'm throwing this at you without be, being on script, but you have some good points. So talk to me about this trade deadline that, that we, we obviously missed the boat on because we said it was going to be rather light and uneventful. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about that. We all said that we didn't think anything was going to happen. And, I mean, there was a lot. Uh, I didn't write them all down. I wrote down the ones that were relevant to the teams that are right now competing and competing at a high level. Um, 
Uh, I first wanted to go ahead and say, Daniel, and this is relevant within the trade, your Phillies are on a run, brother. Your, your dark horse is finding their stride. And with that, they picked up right-handed pitcher David Phelps, adding to Workman and Hembray, if I'm saying his name right. And so they have shirt up their bullpen, which we've talked about in this 60-game season, is a big deal. So um, your dark horse is making moves, brother. And then, uh, obviously, the huge one, man. Y'all talked about it last episode. The, the Padres are, like, the talk, right? And so not only have they been playing the ball they've been playing and getting all the shine, they just said, we're going to go out and get everybody. I mean, there's so many names. It was Clevenger, Rosenthal, Moreland, Castro, Williams, Adams. Like, I mean, there, were, I, there was like 10 dudes they went and acquired. But obviously, Clevenger being the biggest name, the A's went and shirt up their lineup uh, or their uh, uh, starting rotation, went and got left-handed pitcher Mike Minor. And then even the Braves, who've had injuries to their starting lineup, they went and got Tommy Malone. So the teams that are at the top right now have bolstered their rosters even more. So when you asked me last time, Daniel, you know, did I think it was going to be chalk? It, I mean, it's really helping that case. So let's talk about playoffs and standings. Randy, give me an update on the Cardinals. Where, where do we sit, man? We suck. That's it. Moving on. Over so, 500. Look, you shut your mouth. No, they're not anymore. They're actually they're at 500. They lost today, tonight. But, um, you know, if they could ju- – I thought, you know, if we could just play the Reds every game and score 15 runs, we'll probably win more than we lose. But, uh, you know, they didn't do that today. They only scored three, and they fucking lost. Um, I just don't <laughs> know that the Cardinals are, are, are a playoff team. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to, like, live in the moment, but – um, you know, every, we thought maybe getting Yachty back, getting Young back and all that would kind of help, and it just hasn't not helped at all. Uh, so I think that what you're seeing, and we talked about the Padres, and, and I, hate to hate, I hate to see it, but the freaking Dodgers, man, my God, them dudes are so good. As hot as the Padres are, they're gaining no ground. They're still, well, I think it's five games. Five, I'm looking, yeah, five games back. Look at the different run differential, plus 93. The Dodgers just – uh, in August, set the record for most home runs in a month. I mean, my God, them dudes are loaded, top to bottom. I mean, when you're talking about that division, I mean, you might see, like, if this was a traditional year, 92 teams, 90-plus wins like you do with the Yankees and the Rays and the Red Sox. Like, you know, it's it's crazy. But um, I still think a 14 or – you know, they lost tonight, so 14 and 15 team like the Cardinals, I still think they have a very good shot of making the playoffs. I mean, expanded playoffs, it's you're going to get a lot of teams that, that aren't necessarily top to bottom great, but I'll, I'll say this. I think the Cardinals tend to show up in when they need to in the playoffs, and, and, and they put – put together the best that they can and then they scrap and they, they win. Um, but what they can't they do is all. lose to teams like the Pirates. So, you know, losing to Cleveland when they're red hot is one thing, but those games they drop to the Pirates are unnecessary. Well, I mean, well, shout out remember. to Adam Wainwright. What a stud. <laughs> My dog. I mean, you, you got to remember, guys, like when you say you can't drop a game to the Pirates, the Pirates are still 
a big league team. Yes, they've won 10 games, but they're like on any given night, they could march one arm out there that just shuts people down. And that's, that's any team. But when they're, I don't think when, he but, means that losing a game, I think he means losing a series. Yeah. Losing that's a series and, and, and a series that's crunched between two teams that are red hot. Those are the ones you got to get. I mean, two, two of, I mean, two of a team's 10 wins shouldn't be from your ball club. No, and you look at it, the Pirates, not only their record, but if you look at the run differential, they're the worst team in the National League, maybe the worst team in the league. So I, I, you can't lose that series. You, you know, if you drop one, I, you know, okay, you're right, they're pros. But you can't lose that series, like Jim said, not, not when they're, it's mashed in between. They're the second worst run differential, other than the Red Sox. My God, what are they doing? They're, the Mookie they must think They're trying to get in the NBA lottery. <laughs> So, so Jim, any we talk about it every time when we go to standings with Major League Baseball. Anybody that's surprising to us? Well, first, I just want to let Randy have some more fun with me and just say that the Angels are fucking rock bottom and it's killing me. But, but I mean, I think when we talk about it, how about this, Daniel? How about the Indians and the White Sox have both jumped the Twins? I mean <laughs> – we said, yeah, we said before the season, you know, not even just in our – when we were talking about predictions on the show, we were like, hey, man, the Americans, American League Central was just going to be the Twins, right? And it's like, okay. And so, you know, that's that's interesting. So, the Central – American League Central is going to be a dogfight. Um, the Rays just staying hot. I know you're loving that. So, the Lightning are doing well. The Rays are doing well. Doesn't make me feel good when football comes around, Daniel. If this trend continues, because then the damn Bucks are going to be doing well. Hey, and and Gronk just had a tirade on the team and got in everybody's ass. And Coach Arians said, "You know what? Like it, it was warranted, and it made a difference." Are so. you going to root for him now? They signed Leonard Fournette. Got to man, got to. Oh yeah, they signed. Wait, did you just say that? They signed Leonard Fournette. He's he's in. He's in. I'm not even happy. I drafted him in fantasy football in like the ninth round as a steal, and I'm still not happy about that. Man, man. Are you serious? Yeah, dead serious. I'm I'm walking away from this podcast. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop, and that's it. Jim Cross is out. There it is. I mean, right damn, there. they got everybody else in the offseason. Now is the time. Antonio Brown's coming for sure now. Fuck it. You know, Tom Brady does love him. Hey, why not? I went like four episodes without cussing, and then you told me Leonard Fournette went to the Bucks, and here I go. Man, you, you didn't really feel you, – you didn't really buy into not cursing. You just – you were just kidding. If, if that's what threw you off and not the whole stick about – Westbrook and not being able to show up and not playing well tonight. He's play, Well, he's playing very well because I'm watching on my phone right now. But Randy, Randy will – I think he should give me, like, some, some love because I owned the Westbrook debacle the very second it happened. I, did, I didn't even try to, to argue or defend. It was what it was. He owned it. He owned it in the moment. It wasn't. It took him a whole twenty-four hours to start. Really, kind of, you know. No, what? what I did. What I did was try to share the blame. He still had one hundred percent blame. I just tried to share it with everybody else on the team. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Well, while we're on uh, basketball, let's go ahead and transition. Randy, current playoff matchups. We just saw the Heat dominating the Bucks, man. Out, Jimmy B. Hey, hey, Daniel, you know, you always give me props as a producer. I'm going to go back to the last episode, and I'm going to cut out the part where Randy said he's taking the Heat over the Bucks, so he'll never have that just to claim. Heat over the Bucks. It's because they got dogs on their team. You remember when we were going through DB's favorite players, and I said, Bam. And, look, DB was like, who the fuck is Bam? And I'm he like – He what? didn't know who Bam was. I said, I'm going to tell you, y'all boys better watch. Them boys grit grind. If they had Dort on their team, it would be the Grizzlies with better shooters back when they were eight straight, eight straight I don't know. Dort, Dort might shoot threes worse than Tony Allen, bro. Not today. He's not. That boy – no, well, first of all, that's ridiculous to say worse than Tony Allen. <laughs> I, I could go right now and beat that he went, Oh, You do know he went 0 for 10 um, the, the whatever game that was, five. He did. But last game, that boy hit the two big ones. He's, he's unconscious. He's shoot or shoot. There's only one guy worse than Westbrook and Harden late in the game shooting, and that's Tony Allen. And <laughs> T.A. Hey, shout out to T.A. I listen to him on Vernon's podcast all the time. He's, he's a must listen. I love that guy. Hey, you know what? Hey, you remember that top five thing that you, that you brought up on, on the Westbrook stat? I actually got another one. When he hit the four-point play when Tony Allen fouled him, Man, my mic just quit data. My, my headphones wasn't working. I didn't Take hear what that you said. for data. Four-point play. Just move on. Jim, Jim must be off the podcast. Just keep on rolling. Yeah, man. So, so right now, look at, looking at what we have left, who, who are the current favorites? The Miami Heat. Look, I can't – I'm already – I'm throwing dirt on the grave of the, the Bucks because them boys are soft as Charmin. Look, but I'll tell you right now. But you're going to go that far. But, uh, you know, everybody was loving Toronto, and the Celtics are just burying them. Well, I think everybody on here picked the Celtics to come out of the East, didn't we? I, I know I did. Well, well no. Daniel, Daniel's got money on them, but he didn't pick them. Oh, well, I had the Celtics coming out of the East. And the reason I can't – I really, really am rooting for the Heat and the Celtics, and we talked about it in our text thread, is because the coaching matchup. I really do think those are the two of the best coaches in the game. Not talking about Popovich. They already have all those rings. I'm talking about – and I know Spolster has a ring, but everybody knows that was LeBron. I mean, Jesus, I think I could win a ring with that team. But those are two of the brightest minds. When you're watching them out of timeouts, it's, it's fascinating to watch the plays they come up with. So, I can't wait. And, look, I was one of the ones, and I'll say it right off the bat, I thought Kimba Walker was going to be a terrible signing for the Celtics because he's not efficient and he's not the kind of guy that I want lead my team. But dude bought in, man. He came into Brad Stevens' system, and he's done what he had to do. And Mark is smart, even though he's like a Patrick Beverly type. He's, he's so fucking annoying when he's on your team. But shout out to that dude because he's on. He's he wants the ball. He's a gamer. He's the anti James Harden. Well, speaking of Patrick Beverly, it looks pretty pretty much like he's gonna be ready to return versus the Nuggets. Um, Jim, this is your chance, man. Talk talk to us about the Rockets. I know it's uh, they're currently right now playing. Give us an update on the game and and where they stand and what do they got to do to move forward. Well, I mean, they're currently up five, but as we've discussed, they need to get, like, up by a lot because uh, close games do not bode well for them. And that's what's scary. Um, I think even whether we're talking about this game or if they win going forward because um, you got to be able to close games. you got to have guys who want the moment. And it's crazy to think that you have two 
MVPs literally that can't seem to want it or the one who does really want it seems to blow it a lot. Um, but uh, I think, you know, they, they've given the Lakers problems all year. Um, I think that matchup still is intriguing regardless of what's happened with this Oklahoma City series. So, I mean, I, that's going to be the one to watch more than the other one. I mean, the the Nuggets, you know, they talked about it last night. They're dog tired. And Jamal Murray's fixing to have his hands full with, you know, you're talking about Beverly. You're going to have Beverly. You're going to have George. You're going to have Kawhi. I just – I don't see how Denver even has close to a chance. Randy, do you agree with that? I think the Clippers are going to win the series, but I, you got to give the Nuggets uh, a little bit of credit because, I mean, the guy's on – he's averaging 47 points a game his last uh, – he wasn't very good in game seven, I got to be honest. But, I mean, you got Jokic. I mean, they, they – I mean, I don't know, man. I, I do think the Clippers are going to win, and they're stat. I think those guys got refocused, right? A lot of people were like, "Oh man, they're not taking this serious." Paul George, pandemic, thirteen, all this other stuff. If them dudes are focused and ready, and Beverly comes back, they they got everything they need. That I know. I said going in, I had the Lakers coming out of the West, and, and that still may be the truth. But if the Clippers are focused and get their guys back, they will roll the Lakers and the Nuggets. I, I agree with that, and that's not because I picked the Clippers, but I I thought from the very beginning, healthy 100%, the top to bottom had had the best shot. Um, you know, the Lakers are obviously the, the, the names that they have are, are the, the favorite and the sexy pick, but I think when it comes to winning games, like you've got – you know, one of the best players in the game with Kawhi. You got the best defensive player in the game with Patrick Beverly. Like, you got guys that are going to shut people down, but you also got guys that are going to win games. So, uh, the Clippers still, in my my opinion, are are right there. Do I want the Celtics to win? Absolutely. Uh, well, that's yeah. what I was. That's what I was fixing to transition Money to. Whether, that's what I was going to transition to. Whether it's you know Randy's Heat or our Celtics. Either of those two teams against the Clippers is a fun matchup, no doubt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, while we're finishing up with, with NBA, we we went through this boycott or this protest. Um, you know, Jim, you were you were vocal about it on social media, like – like what? What was this? What are we calling this? Is it a boycott? Is it a protest? Is it just a stoppage in play to to regroup or to analyze? Like I'm, I'm still not sure what they're what they're calling it. I mean, it was it was called a boycott. They did accomplish getting some things. Uh, the first one that just comes off the top of my head is making NBA uh, arenas voting, uh, you know, areas. So trying to encourage uh, voters when that comes around, there was, there was quite a few things, but um, ultimately I, I took a lot of heat and I'm, and so that's why I'll be careful with what I say here, because um, I've had some conversations with some individuals just um, because it gets mistaken when I was saying I was I basically long story short, when you do this, you're protesting your own, your own brand, your own sport. And I feel like it can hurt yourself. I get the message and I get what you're doing, but right now you have the biggest platform by playing these games. And I think 
you you need to keep playing them and getting your message across at the same time, not stop playing and get the message. And so um, I don't know if it's a protest. I don't know if it's a boycott. I don't know if it's the right move or the wrong move financially. I know Randy, the guru there will probably be able to say that it was, it wasn't smart, but um, you know, it is what it is. So Randy, where, where do we go from here? Uh, a lot of controversy around this, and I, I think that you saw a lot of reports coming out. And how fascinating was it that every single one of these guys, um, you know, were – well, I say every single one of them, not everybody. majority of the league was in one place. So, you know, you had leaders like Chris Paul and, and you know, LeBron. There was that whole thing. He, he walked out, and there was just a lot of rumors uh, around it. It was fascinating to watch it unfold, but what I – you know, having some conversations – um, you know, with, with black people is, is the way I wanted to go and how they felt about it. And I think that, um, you know, we don't get to tell them how they feel. We don't get to tell them what, the, what, why they feel the way they do. And they feel like it raised awareness to a topic uh, and the players felt like they were using their platform. Um, I, I do not think that um, ending the season financially, it would have had ramifications well beyond uh, today. And for the guys like LeBron and Chris Paul that had the bag already, Hard, James Harden, that's fine. But uh, to a guy like Dort or to these young guys, you know, to, to all these young guys that don't have the bag yet, uh, use your platform. And every time you get a chance to interview, you talk about the movement, you talk about social injustices, you talk about Black Lives Matter. You use that platform is fine, but also understand what that means. Uh, understand that if you want to quit, then there is no, there's no revenue and you don't get paid and you don't change generational. You don't create generational wealth for your family. Uh, you, you don't take your mama and your family and your aunts, aunts and uncles and everything out of a, a situation. You're literally changing lives with the money LeBron has. His kids will never live the life that he did because he changed it for, but for his whole family, his friends, everybody. Uh, and I think that, that they all got to take that into consideration. And I don't think – I think emotions were high. So they were like, you know what, fuck it. We don't feel like our message is getting across. We got to do something drastic. And I can appreciate the platform. I'm glad that Cooler Heads prevailed. I hope that the owners – keep their promises um, on putting money into the underprivileged areas of town. Uh, a lot of people were talking about $300 million as a drop in the hat to these guys. But, you know, I, I hate when people say that. They talk about Jeff Bezos isn't giving enough when he gives a billion dollars. I mean, that's so fucking ridiculous, man. Like, what do you want to not give anything? I mean, so uh, anything helps. You know, we're, it's, it is a, it's a pandemic, for lack of a better term. They want to bring awareness to it. I'm all for it. So, Shout out to them for using the platform, but I'm sure glad we're watching them play tonight. Yeah, hey, I wanted to say this, Randy. You know, you're the one that encouraged me. Well, I think you and Daniel, but, you, you know, after I did that post and took um, some negative feedback, you encouraged me to have a conversation. The conversation was actually reached out to me, and it was Alan Irvin that we had on this episode, and uh, everybody learned a lot about his character. And interestingly enough, you talked about the guys who have the money already. Remember, he was a league minimum guy. And he told me right now that if he was an NBA player, he would absolutely not play the rest of the season and be fine with, you know, that would be his stance. If, if it was him, he said they'd boycott. So, you know, not, I'm not saying that to say right or wrong, but that's just to give you perspective from an athlete who was a league minimum guy. He said that, you know, he believes it's a bigger deal and that he wouldn't play. So, you know, everybody's going to have different opinion, and it's, a, and it's an interesting thing altogether. And I, and I get that too, but I guess, I guess my further point is, if you're making that decision for you individually, but you shouldn't have the power to make that decision for every other young player that doesn't have the bag. Absolutely. And I think we'll, we'll end it with this is that, 
you know, this isn't something that is a, you know, people post and they comment on it, but it's not something that's an easy, quick fix. It's something that is layered and is very difficult for us to even like put together how to fix it. So what I, I suggest, and that's just everybody just be very knowledgeable, listen, listen as much as you can and learn as much as you can. And let's all come together and make a knowledgeable decision and make the best choice and advocate for what's right. Because I think at the end of the day, like it, it's, it, there's no, to me, it's very easy to, to tell what's right and what's wrong. And the things that are going on, I don't think anybody on this podcast can deny that or anybody out there can deny that the things that are going on are wrong and they have to change. How they change, I don't have the answers for that. But I think as a, as a race of humans, like I feel like we have enough smart people to figure that out. Um, so guys, we're going to lift our glasses because it is last call. And Jim, I'll start with you. Anything we left out, anything you want to bring to the table? No, I feel like we did a good job of covering everything, and I really just enjoy talking to Connor tonight and, you know, getting through the headlines. And I'm really ready to just get done talking to you guys so I can watch my boy Russ cut up the fourth quarter. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So, really, he's just, like, he's just ready to get up out of here. Yeah, I know. He's ready to – Clock out for the night. Okay. I got a last call that we 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 talked we briefed on it, but we didn't go over it. And it is from basketballreference.com. Speaking of Russell Westbrook, on potential tying or go-ahead field goals in the last minute of a playoff game, James Harden and Russell Westbrook are combined five for forty-one. They have the two worst field goal percentage in that situation, with a minimum fifteen field goal attempts. Which since nineteen ninety-seven, which is the first year we tracked that stat. So, and you got both of them on the same team. So, Rockets got to find a way. Jim, what was the stat that the, the Thunder had when in close games? I couldn't give you the exact number, but it was something like 29 and 6 or something. So, something extremely great. So, at two minutes left to go on the third, it is now a tie game. Would you say that this is a close game? Yes, I think the uh, the Rockets need to start burying some threes. Absolutely. All right, guys, man, let's 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 wrap this thing up. Let's go around the horn. Jim, what's one thing the audience needs to know before you go? Oh man, you know, I didn't even think about this too much. <sighs> Work out a lot because I've really enjoyed it for my mental health. We talked about mental health awareness. Randy was talking about his running and his walking. And even though he has not enjoyed it so much, he has personally told us both what it has done to make him feel better about himself. And since I've been back in the gym almost three months solid now, uh, I have felt a lot better about myself. And I know how you are about your working out and how it makes you feel better. And I think just overall, when you talk to people, not even just from a physical health standpoint, but from a mental health, it is just a good way to go 
somewhere and you know if you got a lot going on work kids whatever the case may be it's it's a good way to just really just let it all go for you know however long you work out 30 minutes an hour two hours whatever so um if you're not somebody who invests in exercising i highly recommend it for not just the physical standpoint but for the emotional absolutely randy what's one thing the audience needs to know before you go so 2020 for a lot of people has been complete shit right but i challenge anybody to show me somebody that's had a better year not even talking about being 2020 than patrick mahomes first of all dude signs a 500 million dollar contract 477 million of that guaranteed money baby getting the bag but not only that the day that he gets his super bowl ring he proposes to his high school sweetheart and let me tell you guys, you know, a lot of people are going to be out there and be ignorant and like, oh, of course she's marrying him. He's got $500 million. These people have been together since their sophomore year in high school. Dude was playing safety. He was not the Patty Mahomes Super Bowl MVP. So shout out to Patty Mahomes for having a hell of 2020 and doing it the right way. All right. So the one thing I think the audience needs to know before I go, hey, rest in peace, Tom Seaver, Hall of Famer, passed away today. Um, won a World Series with the Mets, so, you know, shout out to him. Let's celebrate his life. And then let's celebrate the podcast, guys. And off the bench, 2,000 listens, bro. 2,000 listens. That's big. So, shout out to you, Jim. Shout out to you, Randy, man. This has been fun. I just look forward to to doing it um, each and every week. So, man, it's good stuff. Absolutely good stuff. But, Let's call it a night, boys. Uh, great times, great insight. I want to thank Connor Gardner, our guest tonight, joining for joining us. And hopefully, you know, we'll we'll talk to him again in the future. And maybe he'll be talking about his state championship and his domination of Holmes Community College and his domination against Northwest Community College. Uh, if you like hearing Average Joe's talking X's and O's, please check out our website. Like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, comments, ratings, and feedback is always welcome. We'll see everyone for a special episode this Saturday. It'll be episode 22 with Ole Miss cornerback Trey Washington. This has been the End Off the Bench Podcast. As always, remember, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We out.